0: You know what's up. Welcome to 90s R&B University. It's your boy B here with the Queen of Zumble. First Lady, Shan. What's going on, Shan?
1: Hey, how are you doing today?
0: I'm feeling good, feeling great. I'm mm. still eating Thanksgiving dinner one week later, <laughs> and I ain't mad at all.
1: Same here, same here. Good.
0: Good. We had the turkey, we had the yams, got the mac and cheese, we had the everything on that might plate.
1: S- might as well hit that Shirley Caesar one time. You keep going on and on. screens potatoes, tomatoes. Hey. <laughs>
0: you name it! <laughs> all, all of it.
1: <laughs> Starting already, I see. Starting all, already.
0: Already. Already. itis is what it
1: is. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Uh, so what's going on with you? Well, you know, I've had the great pleasure of interviewing Mr. Donnell Jones. Say what? Say what? Say what? You know what's up. <laughs> <laughs> Donnell Jones. Sweet little D D. Sweet little yes. D. Woo. <laughs> so
0: oh
2: that my, Donnell my God. Jones.
0: My God, really? Yes. Wow. You know, Donnell, we he's like one of our like heroes here at nineties R and B University. Oh, right? exactly. Exactly. And, and we've been cautiously tiptoeing around like conversation about Donnell Jones. It's been <laughs> killing me every week because I want to bring them up. You know, especially we had that episode we talked about the top albums of 1999 and people were mm-hmm. like, how are you going to leave out Donnell Jones? Right. Just know that there was a method to our madness. Mm-hmm. All right. We were reserving discussion purposely about that album and about Donnell Jones because he knew this was coming where I want to be. It was just on a on a different level from any oh, other album that year, man. Listen, um, Shorty's got an eye on me. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, where I want to be. Man, hit it one all, more time. All this love. You don't even have to ask me. I will hit it as much as it needs to be hit. But just just a perfect album. It's really a flawless flawless body of work. Um, I bought this I bought this album like on a whim I was in the record store mm-hmm. and I just saw this cool dude with a guitar <laughs> getting yes. his cigarette lit on the cover and I was like who is this <laughs> I need to buy this and see what this is about and it was a pleasant pleasant surprise I took it home absorbed it took it to school like y'all need to hear this y'all know Donnell yes. put this on I remember I had like people at the lunch table <laughs> 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 gathered around my little disc man like we need to... check this out check this out um, so you got a chance to talk to him.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, he has a new project
1: out or something? He does. He actually released um, a new single. It's entitled mm-hmm. Playback Karma. Ah. And it's a really good vibe. Like when I heard the song, I was like, oh, this is, it's it's what we've been missing. Like yeah. it's what we've been missing in music. It's what we, we've been missing for that just that, that 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 old feel that we've always, you know, been looking for. Like Donald Jones brings it. Of course he's gonna bring with the vocals. He ha- you know, he has those cool, smooth vocals that really just, you know, rule you in. So listening to that song, I mean, it's just like uh oh, it's everything that you want it to be. Yeah.
0: I um you know, I just think about his entire catalog from <laughs> his first album. We have the cover of Stevie Wonder. Um And just every album after that, like Life Goes On, I love that record. Um, He's just really one of the most prolific songwriters and storytellers
1: of of of
0: R&B. So, you know, we hold him definitely as like a god over here. So (laughs) I'm really excited about checking this out. Um, Yes. So (laughs) I guess I guess I'm, I'm like blown away. I would guess just keep getting better and better
1: they do they do and i'm like i'm so excited for who we have coming up and for everybody to be like they're, they're just not ready for it they You're are ready. not Z ready we, y'all ain't ready we have some incredible incredible guests that are, that are going to be coming in soon mm-hmm. and wow. i'm just so excited for it so excited
0: me too i i i'm excited every time that's a dance because <laughs> one you'll be springing these <laughs> interviews and I'm like, when did you talk to that
1: person? <laughs> I do. Just <laughs> <laughs> shoot y'all email. Look at here. Make yourself available. I'm like, what'd you
0: do last week? I ate some turkey. What'd you do? I talked to Donnell Jones.
1: <laughs> Somebody is coming on soon. So you got to get ready. Get ready. Yeah.
0: Well, I can't wait to hear this one. Press play because this is where I want to be. I want to hear this interview.
1: Without further ado, here is my interview with Donnell Jones. sweetie How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I am so thankful that we were able to get this opportunity to speak with you. I'm super excited for this.
3: Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I I couldn't hear you that time. It's a little, little, uh, uh, audio glitch.
1: Oh, no problem at all. So we're just going to jump like right into it. So when did you first fall in love with music?
3: I, I had to be around maybe 11 years old when i mm-hmm. when i fell in love with it my mom had bought me a keyboard and uh, she bought me a tape deck that had uh um, a tape on each side it was two it was a two-headed tape deck so mm-hmm. i used to sing on one side and record myself and make harmonies and keep switching the tape back and forth so that's when i really really fell in love with it and i i kind of knew like man this is something i really love to do
1: Wow, that is amazing. So we started out with the group, Roche, way back in 1993. Yeah. And what was that experience like of you guys um, just trying to get signed or get anybody, you know, to listen to you?
3: <laughs> it, was, it was, you know, when we first got together, you know, we, we did a lot of shows around Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much name, made a name for ourselves in our hometown. But nobody would sign us, you know. So mm-hmm. um, what we did was we went out to, uh, to Washington, D.C., Okay. What they had, We knew there was going to be like a lot of people at this big convention. So we had a showcase out there. But nobody came to the showcase because nobody knew who we were. Yeah. So um, we ended up singing. Uh, we ended up going outside the hotel and singing for a lot of people that that were at the hotel.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So, um, so Eddie F walked out and uh, was just having these DJ. He walked out and we asked him, can we sing for him? He was like, yeah, go ahead, sing. You know, I don't care. <laughs> um, so we sang for him. He liked it. You know, he was like, yo, I'm, I'm going to sign you guys. So he walked off, and as soon as he walked off, we started singing for somebody else. Oh wow! He came over. He came right back over. He was like, "Nah, you know, I'm I'm really gonna sign you guys." Mm-hmm. We didn't believe him, you know, because you know we had heard that so many yeah, times. Exactly. You know, we didn't believe it, um, but he honestly did. He he called us about uh, about a month later or two months later. He called us in Chicago and he sent us plane tickets to come out to Jersey, mm-hmm. and uh, he signed us.
1: Wow. That
3: is incredible. What was that feeling like for you guys to say, "Hey, you know, we put in this work, and now we finally got signed"? Um, it was joy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we were definitely jumping for joy. You know, we we uh the group didn't stay together too much longer after that, but we mm-hmm. ended up um, having a song. Um, we was one of his fresh new groups. He had a, he had a, a lot of groups at the time, um, but we were one of his fresh groups, and he he ended up putting us on on his Untouchables album. Uh, which was incredible because that's that's like the only song we ever had out okay?
1: mm-hmm. that
3: that we can look back and say, "Wow, we was on an album together," you know?
1: Wow, what an yeah. incredible, incredible start to your journey! So you said the group disbanded, of course, and then you it went is. on to do your solo journey. So how was that for you going embarking on this solo journey? Because a lot of people would say, "Okay, the group is broken up. We're just gonna toss out the whole act." What made them say, "Okay, this is Donald Jones. We want to keep him."
3: Okay, well. Um, we, we While we were at Eddie's house at the time, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, I used to, since, I, since my mom had bought me a keyboard, I was so into music. So when we got to Eddie's house, he had this pre-production room where he had a whole bunch of equipment and it was just open for anybody to go in there and try mm-hmm. to learn, you can try to, you know, mess with the stuff. And then he had a big room, a big studio room next door mm-hmm. to that. So um, I would be in this in this pre-production room all the time, like just trying to learn And while the other guys was outside playing basketball.
1: mm mm-hmm.
3: So one day, they, I guess they was playing basketball, and, 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 and somebody hit somebody, and they got into a big fight. And the fight came in inside of the house, and they broke a big hole in Eddie's wall. Ooh, so yeah. he sent everybody home. He sent everybody home. He was like, look, y'all guys got to go. Mm-hmm. So he sent me, all the whole group. And one day, uh, about about two months later, he, uh, he called me up on the phone. He was like, Donnell, I know you're a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working with this new kid called Usher. Yeah. Can you come and write a song with me? Um, for him. You know what I'm saying? I need need writers right now. So I flew back out there and, um, and once I wrote that song for him, uh, Puff had heard that song. uh, It was a song called You Took My Heart.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: And Puff had heard that song. He was like, yo, man, I I love your writing style. Can you come write a song with me for Usher too? So then I wrote another song called uh, Think of You on his, on that particular album. And, uh, and from there, you know, I just stayed, I just, I kind of stayed in New York as a songwriter. Well, I wasn't really thinking about being an artist no more because I was, now I was writing songs.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So um, I ended up writing a song called In the Hood and I wrote another song called uh, N- uh, Natural Thing and um, Yearning for Your Love. Mm-hmm. So Eddie <laughs> heard those songs and, and he heard me singing and he was like, yo, dude, man, you this sound like your shit. This sound like your record, man. man like, wow. like, I'll go get you a deal. So... Um, he went and played the stuff for Pebbles uh, at the time she was married to L.A. Reed.
2: Mm-hmm. And
3: uh, and she loved it. She played it for her husband. And they was like, yo, man, uh, let's get this, this guy down to Atlanta. Let's, let's meet him. So, um, you know, they had already knew I had wrote the song for Usher. Mm-hmm. So when they met me, he was like, man, just sing me something. So I, I just sang him a little bit of uh, one of my songs that I had. And he was like, yo, come back with a finished album, man. I want to sign you.
1: Oh, wow. That is amazing.
3: Like, just history after that, right? Yeah, I mean, it was... It was well, we had, we had tried for so many years in Chicago, like maybe five or six years,
1: mm-hmm.
3: and it didn't work. And all of a sudden, when I started writing songs and and I'm not even thinking about being an artist no more is when it happened, you know? So mm-hmm. it, it was incredible for me. And, you know, to be honest with you, I, I never thought about being a solo artist because I wasn't the lead singer in our group. Okay. So for me, it was like, you know, I really wasn't thinking about being an artist at that time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this was meant meant to be
1: oh exactly exactly so your first album you're in the studio recording my heart what was that process like back in those days
3: oh man we back about in the,
1: the 90s <laughs> era of golden music what was it like recording the album
3: i mean it was it was for me it was fun you know i was i, I had access to this big studio um mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm writing, I'm producing now, you know, um, I've gotten better as a, as a songwriter and as a producer. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, every day I'm getting a chance to go into the big studio and just create and create and create. Yeah. And I just fell in love with the process. Wow. Um, I was at the, at the studio called uh, Platinum, uh, yeah, it was called Platinum at the time.
2: Mm-hmm. And
3: uh, and they had this room under, under like, it was like kind of in the basement, you know what I'm saying, like a small yeah. room. And I, I just, you know, I just that was like my room. Like I, I spent so much time in there and um I'm just, just perfecting my craft.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow, that is incredible. So with your songwriting, is there anyone that kind of um you know helped you or was like a mentor in your journey to help you really hone in on your writing style?
3: You know what, to be honest with you, um no. Uh, I just listened to I listened to a lot of uh, writers. My uncle was a songwriter oh, uh, really? when I was a kid. Yeah, so I mean, I, I listened to the stuff he did. He kind of inspired me to want to write songs. I think I wrote my first song when I was like 11 years old as well. Okay. So I was I was already writing songs. I just didn't know what I was writing about, you know. Yeah. I, I was coming up with these words, but I didn't know what I didn't know what love was at that time, you know.
2: Um,
3: but I, when I got with Eddie, Eddie put me around a lot of people. Like Kenny Green was one of the people that I was around. And I watched him uh, write songs. And I, I, I got a lot of a lot of uh, uh, songwriting skills from him. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say I got a lot of songwriting skills from people like uh, Stevie Wonder,
2: mm-hmm.
3: Babyface. Mm-hmm. You know, just, just listening to these songs growing up. I just always just tried to listen to the melodies and, and, and see how they made records. And that's what made me want to do my own thing.
1: Okay, okay. So when you're writing a song and you're going through that process, what comes to you first? Is it the lyrics or is it the melodies or you go in kind of play on the keys or something a little bit? How does that process come about for you?
3: Well, it's usually the music first.
1: The music first.
3: And then it's the melody, you know. Sometimes it's never really the same all the time. Mm -hmm. But majority of the time it's the music. Then it's the melody. And then I feel the melody in with the words.
1: Okay, awesome, awesome. So it's like kind of like a smooth like transition once you hear the sound and you kind of figure out how what kind of, you know, how it goes together.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Once I know what the beat is, then I can, then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, I, I start getting the vibe. I start, um because for me, when I'm songwriting, I, I like to listen to every element in the record. That way, you know, I can bounce off and may, maybe a kick drum is beating right here. Maybe the snare drum is hitting a little bit. Mm-hmm. I can grab all of those rhythms and use all of those rhythms um, as I'm writing.
1: And how does that allude to your production style? What's your songwriting process? How
3: do those two go together for you? You know what? I don't really, I, I really don't feel like I have a style. Mm-hmm. I just feel like you know, I just do the mute. I do the type of music that I like. Okay. Because um, I, I, I couldn't categorize it. I don't know what it is. I just, I just make what I like, and and you know, if it if it turns out right, and people like it. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't, I just keep trying again.
2: <laughs>
1: Wow. So how did it feel when you released, you know, your very first album, it's out there, you're hearing your songs on the radio, what was that feeling like for you?
3: Oh man, complete joy, ecstatic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I I had made it when I first heard the first song I wrote, which was Ushers Should Think of You. Yes. But when I heard my own voice on the radio, I mean, I felt like, I know you've seen the, the five heartbeats. I oh, felt exactly like they did. <laughs> when they heard your record on the radio the first time. I, mean, I, vividly, I yeah. called everybody up. I I was I was so ecstatic because <laughs> I couldn't believe it. You know, I'm I'm at home in Chicago and and they played my record on the radio. I, I just I couldn't believe it. You know, it was it was the most exciting feeling in the world.
1: Wow. How did things change for you at that time from the transition from that very first album and now you're hearing your songs and your records are going out? How, how was that transition like for you?
3: Um, it was tough. It was tough. Um, mm-hmm. because you know, my life was changing, you know, I had already had children at the time. Okay. Um, and, uh, and I was just about to move, uh, to Jersey. Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, it, it was, it was tough. I was leaving behind, you know, all my family was in Chicago
2: mm-hmm.
3: and, um, and that was the first time I had ever, um, lived on my own cause I lived with my parents for a long time. So, um, once I left Chicago, now it was just me, my, my, my girl at the time and my children. So it was tough but at the end of the day you know it was something that that needed to happen for my
1: career Mm, absolutely absolutely so we're going to fast forward a little bit we're going to go into this next album where i want to be which is just ah i have like i'm just like speechless every time i I think of this album because it's such a great great project what does this project mean to you
3: where i want to be to me it 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 showed all the growth on my Mm -hmm. first album you know, I had already. I was simulating using live instruments, but I was using a lot of keyboards. But I was trying to make it sound like live instruments, which so okay. I was using a lot of a lot of uh, um, guitar sounds, but it wasn't real guitars. So on this particular project, where I want to be, I was like, you know what? I want to go in. I want to get some live. I, I want to get find a guitar player. Mm-hmm. So I found Sheldon Goody, um, and and I wanted to use some live congas, and and I just wanted to. Try different things with music because I was growing, Mm
2: -hmm.
3: Uh, and then also, you know, my first project, um, um, my heart. I felt like LaFace Records could have put out more records. So when when I got time to do my second album, Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? I need to make every song on this album sound like a single. So whatever they put out, they can't mess this record up, you know. Um, So that's we went into it with the mindset of just trying to make a very complete album. And just make sure that every song sounded like it could be a single.
1: Okay, yeah, you can definitely hear that um, throughout the album when you listen to it. Like, it's one of those albums where there's there aren't any skips. Like, he's like every song just kind of hits, and you're just like, oh my yeah. god, it's amazing. I mean, from of course the title track to you know what's up to you know I want to love you, like all those tracks just kind of like go like hand in hand, and it just flows so effortlessly. Really, just flows.
3: Thank you. Thank you
1: definitely definitely enjoy this project so where I want to be this single this song talk mm-hmm. to me about this because to this day like this is like a staple a staple song in just the R&B community it, it, it just holds a special place in everyone's hearts because it's such a realistic song and it's so relatable mm-hmm. the lyric con- lyrical content is so relatable um talking about the process of creating this song
3: well the process of creating it was it was all it was what i was living you know um um again me and my girlfriend at the time we we had two children but i was becoming a star um my life was changing a lot she was at home with the children and i was out on the road and i mean i was just getting approached by so many women you know And at first I wasn't getting approached by nobody and now women are throwing themselves at me. (laughs) So I'm like, I mean, everything had changed. So I was thinking to myself like, yo man, what am, what am I going to do? You know, I I love my girl. Um, I'm going to write a song about it. I'm going to write a song about how I'm feeling, even though, you know, we've been together for a while, but, but we haven't had a chance to really see what life was like without each other. Okay. So that's what, so that's where the idea to write a song came about. Um, I, I didn't know, that it would take off like it did. Yeah. But I just knew I was I was getting something off my chest that I needed to speak about. And I and I didn't have any other way to do it but through writing about it.
1: You can definitely hear that in the song. Like I said, it's so relatable. And there's so many people who have been in that situation and in a relationship and trying to decide whether they're going to stay or they're going to go. So yeah, I think that's probably one of the reasons why it, it could have like, reached that, that pinnacle success that it did because people felt that. And the way I sang it,
3: the way, yeah, the way I sang it, I I, I, I put all my emotions into singing it that way, because I was actually really feeling that I was really feeling like, like, man, like, I gotta I gotta do something because I don't want to cheat on her. But at the same time, I I, there's a lot of lust inside of me for real. Mm -hmm. You know, so I put every I put all my energy into singing that song. And I and I was hoping that, you know, people felt that.
1: We definitely did. We still do to this day. Yeah. I mean, when Thank we you. have our, our 90s R&B karaoke events, this song is a staple we played, I would say, at every event. Like, is mm-hmm. that one right wow. there? Yes. So talk to me about the track that you had, You Know What's Up, and then collaboration with Left Eye. How did that come about?
3: Well, that particular track, that was um, produced by Eddie F and Darren Lighty, mm-hmm. and it was mm-hmm. written by Cliff Lighty and Bilal um, and uh, Anthony Hamilton. Yeah. Um, so, when I first heard the track, uh, I thought it was amazing, man. I, I was like, "Wow, this this is a crazy track." And then they had a, first they had a, a song called uh, "When You Hit a Car Horn Blow" mm-hmm. on that track, and I was like, "I really didn't like that." So they went back and they rewrote it. and Then they came back with, "You know what's up?" And I was like, "Man, this is a smash! This is a crazy record." Yeah. So um, when I and when I recorded it, everybody was going crazy over the record, and then L.A. Reed heard it and him and Eddie talked, and they was like, "Let's get Left Eye on this record." Yeah. you know um at the time tlc was like the biggest group
1: yeah. ever
3: and i think no scrubs was out and not to mention she had just burned down andre rising house so oh, she yeah. was like literally really on fire like she was like yeah. she it was like the biggest thing that you could think of so <laughs> when, when we put on that record i mean it just took off and it just made people be like yo man well if she messing with him who is this guy exactly. you know so it just brought a lot of people into into my space and it just made a lot of people uh um focused on who i was at that time
1: Mm -hmm. now do you feel that the success of that record do you feel that maybe you were you were like in, or maybe your label wanted you to kind of stay in that lane at any point
3: um i i I, in, in some kind of way yeah in some ways i think that they they wanted me to do the same type of album again
2: okay
3: um but you know at the at the I, for me, it's impossible to do the same thing over and over again. I always try to, you know, either be better or or um, um, I just can't do it if I can't be myself, you know?
1: Yeah. Understandable. I, I definitely understand that. You always want to make sure you're in a space where you're growing and you're evolving. I mean, you know, not just yeah. being at the same pace, because if you are, then you won't grow or evolve. So I definitely understand. That's
3: that. true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I I hate when people say, well, man, I I wish you give us that, 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 that where I want to be type of music. And I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. well, the thing about that is, is if you want that type of music, you have it. It's right there. You can just go listen to it. But I'm going to give you what, where I am today, you know? Yes.
1: Exactly. You released a few more projects. You know, you had Life Goes On, you had Journey of a Gemini, which was your first album to reach number one. And then there was Lyrics in 2010. What was the transition like, uh, or the elevation like through that through that journey for those three albums? Where were you musically? Um,
3: I'm sorry, I didn't. Hit, I didn't get that last part.
1: I said, where were you like sonically through the creations of those three albums?
3: I felt like I was getting better and better as a musician. You know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I had right after uh, um, what's the name, Life Goes On album. Yeah. I, moved, yeah. I moved. I moved. Ended up moving to down here to atlanta and um um i met some guys who who, who played guitar because sheldon of course he was the guitar player that i met in uh in jersey so i had to you know meet some other guys down here that was players so um sonically man uh i just felt like i was still in that same wave you know uh my whole thing was never to recreate what i was doing but always just make the type of music that i like and i felt like i've always been able to do that um one of my one of my most favorite albums that i've created is uh is my forever album. Yes. Uh, yeah. that particular album i feel like, you know, songwriting wise and musically i felt like my life was changing. You know, i i, w- I was just turning 40 mm-hmm. and uh, and i just wanted to change my life and and you can hear it through the music. Yeah. You know, my 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 lyrics album i, I can if people listen to that particular project, they can tell that I'm going through something. I'm going through mm-hmm. something because most of the stuff that I'm singing about is negative.
2: Yeah. You know,
3: I'm singing about yeah. a lot of negative things and, and you know, sneak up, somebody sneaking out the back door, somebody, yeah. uh uh, uh it's all kind of crazy stuff I was singing about because I was going through a lot of stuff. And, and um, when I turned 40, man, my, I just felt like I needed to change my life and I, and it started to happen. No,
1: absolutely, absolutely. And that definitely is a on the Forever Hour. I would say that the sound, it's a, it's a different sound from your previous works. So you have to say, you hear that evolution, you hear that growth in your voice, and there's like this joy and hope of outlook when you listen to this. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I definitely feel that. Thank
3: you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I
1: know, no problem at all. What would you say that your impact on the music industry has been, and how does it transcend to your work that you're doing today?
2: Uh,
3: I, I I really couldn't tell you what my impact is. I think that would be a question for the fans or something like that, because I really don't know. I just know that that throughout my career, I've I just always tried to make music that makes me feel good. I've always tried to make music that make other people feel good. I feel like, you know, um, when my mom used to play records for me, I mean, I, I some records used to give me chills. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And, and I just feel like, you know, I've always... Try to go into it and, and make people feel good through music, cause I, I really feel like music touches the soul. Well, you just does. really have to think about something that 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 makes people feel good, and and um that's all I've tried to do. So I mean, if 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 uh, if my impact has been great, I mean I think the fans will will speak up for that, but I don't know, yeah <laughs> I don't know. All
1: right, so we are working on some new music. Talk to me about that process. I had a chance to you know preview your new track Karma which I believe yes. is just amazing. How Thank does you. this music that you're making now differ from what you've made in the past as far as where you are?
3: Um, because I mean, where I, where I am right now, um, I'm in a total happy place right now.
2: Um,
3: you know, I dropped a lot of addictions. You know, I used mm-hmm. to be addicted to a lot of things. I don't smoke cigarettes. I smoked cigarettes for 30 years.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, I smoked a lot of marijuana. You know, I, 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 I drank. I don't I don't do anything that that is going to harm my body because I feel like the body is the temple. And uh, I feel like, you know, the the 40 years before I 40 years on, on this planet, I lived in service of my flesh.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
3: you know, seven years ago, I felt like that I wanted to change my life. So um, I started to do different things and everything fell away from me. That was that what I was addicted to. Mm-hmm. so um that's why i wanted to name this particular album uh 100 free um because i'm free of all of those things that were were hindering me so, you know negative thoughts yeah. all the craziness and this particular album will it will show exactly where i am you know payback is just one of those records i just woke up one day and i had this record on my mind
1: mm-hmm.
3: um, it was an old stylistics record called payback is a dog yeah and um um and when I, when I heard it, I said, you know what, I, I want to pay homage to these guys. I really love their music, but I'm going to flip it and do my own thing to it. And that's how that particular record came, came about. Um, but everything else on this album is, is all positive, you know, all positive, all, all inspiring. And, and um, it's just, it's just going to put people in a good feeling.
1: I can see that because even as you're talking about this project, it's like you're glowing, you're smiling, like your whole energy just like changed, and you just—I can see just the positivity just radiating out of you as you speak on this project.
3: Yes, I mean, because you know what—it's—it's it's, it's been seven years mm-hmm. um, since I've come out with an album. I'm going to put seven songs on it. It's my seventh album. I think that it's that this that seven 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 is very significant for me.
2: Yes. And
3: then shortly after that, I'm going to be putting out another album, which is called Elevate. Okay. so i'm I'm really ecstatic about where I am in my life right now um I also waited seven years and called my call this album free because i'm I'm free from all my contracts yeah i can I can put out this record and not have anybody looking behind me saying I can't do this you know I'm just mm-hmm. and it's also gonna be a free album for people to download. I'm not charging anybody for anything. it's completely free.
1: Wow, that is, that's amazing. I, I love the significance of the number seven that it has for you right now, of everything that's going on. How does it feel to be releasing this project, basically like 100% independent, on your own? What is that process like? How does it feel for you?
3: I'm, I'm ecstatic, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I've worked my ass off in this business, and <laughs> and it's sad that um, as a creator, as songwriter, producer, that I don't own, Mm-hmm. My own maps and stuff like that, and I feel like you know in today's world we we as the creators of of content and all these things like that, we need to own our own content because mm-hmm. i mean it's it's gonna be worth so much money uh in years to pass years coming, and um and you know record companies they they've been hijacking us, man it's almost like how, uh like slavery pretty much mm-hmm. so i i i um I hope that all these younger artists out there they they understand that. You know, you can sign a deal, but you can also do it on your own. I mean, social media and all these other platforms make it very easy for us to do so.
1: Oh, absolutely. So when you take a look back at the years that you have in the industry and where you're going today, what would you think your legacy would be when it's all said and done? What do you want that to be? What do you want to be really remembered and known as?
3: I just want to be known as a, as, as a cat that really made good music that, you know, mm-hmm. make albums that you can just put on and let them play. Yeah. Um, and, and, um, you know, I, I hope I've touched people. I hope, you know, people have learned something through my music. Mm-hmm. Um, again, a- everything that I write about is something that I've, I've been through. And, um, and I feel like if I'm going through it, I feel like other people in the world are going through the same thing. So yeah. hopefully, you know, we can, we can learn from some of these uh, songs and, and, and feel good too, at the end of the day, you know, cause, you know, I feel like we don't dance no more. So I want to get people back on the dance floor, grooving again.
1: game. Hey. You know? <laughs> I'm here for it. Fun. I yes. am here for that. Wow. This has been an incredible, incredible experience. I do thank you so much for your time today.
2: Yes, and thank you.
1: You have an amazing day. I cannot wait to hear this new record that you have coming out. Thank I'm you. so excited for it. I know the fans are going to be so excited for it. And we just, here at Zumbo, we just wish you just all the success let you know that you have impacted us greatly of love and just listen to your music like, just like it was yesterday and we
3: I appreciate continue, you so much.
1: continue to do so
3: yes yes thank you so much I appreciate that
1: well you have a great day and thank you again once again
3: you too now bye bye
0: wow I loved hearing more about you know the man behind the pen you know <sighs>
1: It's his, so much fun.
0: Yeah, his his whole creative process yeah. and his his personal growth as well. Like this seems to be like a different Donnell from back in the day.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: You know, his grown man. Hmm. <laughs> you know, I can't wait to hear the new new LP. It's a hundred percent free.
1: It is a hundred percent free, 100% and you know, going to be dropping in a few weeks. So I'm excited for it. I am yeah. so excited for it.
0: Um, well. I heard that we have a special treat for the listeners.
1: Oh, we do, we do. So oh, as we know, Mr. Jones has released a single, it's called "Playback," aka Karma, and it's been out now for I see a few weeks. But if you have not heard it yet, we are mm. going to be playing it exclusively, right here, on Nineties R&B University Podcast. Woo, exclusive. Yeah exclusive so you can get your whole entire life together
0: it's hot it's hot i heard it it's hot i snuck a listen it's real <laughs> hot you know uh without further ado we'll come back and talk about it but without yep, further ado course. let's kick to the new song karma payback everybody enjoy
2: To, I'm you about to get it every single dude From every, every single dude You, you, you gon' get this karma. Ain't no escaping that, And everything you did is coming back Cause playbacks a Playback is a, oh, is a You got to play it back from sleep No more you selling dreams No no, more, no Cause I fell in love with me You kind of loving I don't need I've got control of me Your bags is at the door Cause I'm through with, through you. with you Keep all the things you put me uh, through I gave you all my love, and that's what you do Everything you did about the comeback You gon' get this karma Karma Nothing Karma, you end up losing everything you love You gon' get Ooh. this karma From every single dude From every single, single dude you Cause you, you get losing it Karma I mean, I was keeping back. Cause, Cause everything, everything you did is coming back This playback's back. a dog. You think I believe, em? I believe it Not Like a cold to get in your DM, DM. Read some messages that you've seen them you You've been driving my best to em. But it's the big payback, payback. Come, I'm gon' get you, so take that Yeah, What's crazy is I remember when you used to hide your phone Payback is a dog Always coming with some sad excuse Payback is a dog Do you remember that? Cause I'll never forget it no. And it's the big payback And you about to get it
0: Whew. He still sounds so great. And Doesn't he? And so smooth.
1: Oh, like his voice has not changed at all. You can tell that he has really taken care of it.
0: Oh, absolutely. This is a future classic right here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well.
1: You gonna get this karma. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> it's, all right, now come out the gate swinging.
0: It's a dog. It's a dog. Mm-hmm. I know what he wanted to say, but it's a dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. It is time for our favorite moment on 90s R&B University.
1: You know it. Game time. Mm, Game let's go. time. Let's go.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, Shan, you going to give us the question this time.
1: All yes, right? I am. To so if you have listened to the interview, I'm not even going to lie to you. You didn't have to listen to it in its full entirety. But I hope that you did. <laughs> then <laughs> you would know the answer to this question. Mm. so before Donnell Jones he became a solo artist he was the member of what group
0: mm, that's what I loved about the interview too it's like I didn't know that he was in a group mm-hmm. that's I'll say the- it
1: one more time
0: yeah repeat it for the people
1: I'll repeat it so before Donnell Jones became a solo artist he was a member of what group
0: mm. Man, and if you know the answer, if you were listening closely,
1: mm-hmm. all you gotta
0: do is follow Hello Zumble on Instagram and send them a DM with your answer.
1: Yes. That's, all right, the
0: first one to send the right answer. They're gonna win a little something from Zumbo. All
1: right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, well, <laughs> good luck to you. But at this point, <sighs> it's it's a sad point in the show, y'all. It it's is. time, it's time to say goodbye. <laughs> that was a little, <laughs> little Donnell from the Usher album,
1: y'all know. There you go, there you go. <laughs> uh,
0: if you are new to the show, follow the Zumble Podcast Network for past episodes of 90s R&B University and subscribe yes. to get alerts about the next exciting episodes and to find out who else we got coming to the show. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, as always, make sure you bookmark um, Hello Zumble. .com to get the latest on all things 90s music, sports, trivia, and nostalgia, everything you need to take you back to that golden era. We Love got that. you. All right, all the good articles. Um, Shan, this was fantastic. This all was right. was fun. Let this me so know next fun. time that you and Donnell going to get on a Zoom call or something. I got you covered. I got you covered. <laughs> 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 Oh man, well this is yeah uh, this was great. I loved hearing hearing more from him. And yes. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be great this next album. I already know.
1: I can't wait for it. Because he never that.
0: disappoints.
1: Not at all. Not at never, all. Never,
0: never. All right, family. Well, as always, I am B, the professor.
1: I am Shan, your first lady.
0: And we love you for listening. Peace out.
1: Bye.